Welcome to the Gregarious Mountain Podcast. This is Chris once again here with uh, an interview that we undertook at various uh, conferences around the world. Another one from Web Summit here. I do believe we are finally coming to the end of our interviews from summer onwards. It's taken a while to get through them all. And we'll be back with something new soon. But this interview is something quite interesting, quite special. This is an interview we managed to grab with Ben Goertzel, who is the chief scientist at Hanson Robotics, famous for Sophia the Robot, the uh, first robot to become a citizen, the first robot to, I think the first robot, to greet the UN. But also he is the CEO of SingularityNet, which is a blockchain-based artificial intelligence network that will feed the Hanson robots. And this is what he was at Web Summit to mostly talk about. We spoke a little bit about the robots, but also a lot about Singularity Net, how it could function technically and as a business and as a, I guess, as a, as, as influence to artificial intelligence. It was an interesting interview, as is always from conferences. A little bit of background noise here and there. Some people in the background are a lot louder than the people in the foreground sometimes, which is always unfortunate. Did our best to clean up the audio. But it's a fascinating interview, so I hope you manage to get through that background noise to listen to it. We were wondering, as the, the, the sort of opening question, we saw your presentation on the main stage, mm-hmm. and at times it looked like the robot surprised you. Yeah, they surprised me sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I don't... If it's fully predictable, there's not much fun or much intelligence there, right? It's true, it's so, true. Yeah. So do you get to they surprise you often? Or? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, that's the way the AI inside them is constructed. I mean, they're certainly far from a human-level general intelligence or something, but but there's enough complexity to the system that what they say at each point depends not just on what yep. you just said, but it depends on the previous context. Yep. And, yeah, and there's some random factors in there also. And I know you were talking about um, emotions and new emotions that were being developed. How do you account for cultural difference with emotions? I'm thinking maybe, like, I know you live in Singapore. I work... I don't. I live in Hong Kong. Hong Kong? Okay. When I was in Australia, I said in Australia, um, we worked a lot with Asian students um, at university. And when the... Um, some of the women, when they were very embarrassed because they got in trouble or something, they'd laugh. And, yeah. it's, you know, most people would be horrified. But it's yeah. it's a very... It was a yeah, my, my wife is mainland Chinese mm-hmm. also. So there, I mean, the expression is different culturally. And mm. Sophia is probably more westernized. But I think Asian people express more with the eyes. Mm. And Westerners do more, do more with the mouth. Yeah. And, yeah, to the extent that she's a learning system she can adapt to that so I mean I mean we some of her facial expressions were gotten by basically use a motion capture camera on people and then train models and that was an American girl was the main subject for, for that so there's certainly some some bias exercise there but the methodology could be used much more generally right? so she could adapt 
I mean, if we use that software and rolled out a lot of robots in China or something, they would get they would adapt to those patterns of facial expression. But I know you've mostly then we can finally understand the facial expressions of Japanese people, which is I I, I can't understand it yet. Sarcasm. I mean, I don't know. Again, maybe it's an Australian thing. We're terribly sarcastic, and um, it's even Americans don't always pick up on it. Um, How do you teach those kinds of things? Well, I think humor is is a tricky thing, yeah, for sure, and it changes generationally and and, and culturally, right? And I mean, I wouldn't expect an AI without a human body and culture and life to fully appreciate human humor. Like, there's all these your mama jokes or something, right? I mean, the robot doesn't have a mama, so it's it's going to be quite perplexed by why we think these things some are funny. of them are not very funny anymore either <laughs> no but people did find them funny at one point right it's that did, historical so. kind of yeah, yeah. time and place right yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean the robot may have its own forms of humor which we also don't understand why why it thinks it thinks that's funny right so, well some of the things that Han said were Han is off the wall <laughs> well because we we fed him a lot of writings from Philip K. Dick. Oh, really? oh okay. And oh, David Hanson and I are both big Philip K. Dick yeah. fans, so we, we stuffed his knowledge base yeah. with Philip K. Dick's Exegesis and other writings, and then he's recombining those things in his own way. Earlier in the year, I interviewed a, a sort of technical artist who did a, an AI project based on um, Frankenstein, and she found that actually the nicer people were to it, the nicer it became, unlike the monster in Frankenstein, which I found quite fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the more direct and simple yeah. way, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's how a human baby or a young child is. It's so, unless it, somehow you're twisted first, right? <laughs> but I know you're here mostly to talk about Singularity Net, and I must admit, I was actually most interested in Singularity Net. I had no idea that you were connected to it. Yeah. <laughs> so really so, I had actually no idea that it was. It was the, yeah, it was I mean, the you. robot grabs everyone's attention yeah. and is very cool. Yeah. But. As an AI researcher, to me, that's yeah. one yeah. interface to the singularity net. And we, right? we both actually cover blockchain space a lot. We were both at the Malta summit as well. Yeah, yeah. We actually are friends with uh, Ocean Protocol as well. Oh, yeah, I've known Trent Because we live in Berlin. Because Trent was doing AI before yeah. the blockchain. Well, their office, yeah, their office so used knew, to be on our street. So we knew each other. Ah, yeah. We knew each other. I used his software called FFX. That's okay. some AI software yeah. he built. Yeah. We were using that in a machine yeah. learning based hedge fund. We made yeah. years ago. Yeah, right. so. We've known you since the Ascribe yeah. digital yeah. art. Uh, yeah. But I, it was, it's an interesting idea because um, I've actually interviewed a few companies doing this sort of monetization of uh, date, training data yeah. via blockchain. And some of them have often been interesting, but without a particularly useful direct use case. Whereas the interesting thing with SingularityNet is you have a direct kind of use case into your own machines, even if no one else um, well, so takes. Actually, the use case thing is exactly why we're launching this for-profit spin-off, yeah, yeah. which is Singularity Studios. So, what, I mean, what I was doing together with Cassio, who's our chief AI officer, from 2001 until like last year before we started Singularity. I mean, we were 
doing AI consulting for large enterprises and building custom systems. And I mean, we're using the revenue from that to fund our, our AGI R&D, which is sort of a you know difficult, tedious business in some ways. But on the other hand, it gave us a really good idea of what are the AI needs of big companies in fintech, biotech, and many different industries. So what we're looking at doing now is basically building a bunch of enterprise products, building an enterprise analytics suite with modules for fintech, biotech, yeah. IoT, but the back end of that is on the Singularity Net platform, right? And so what that does is that drives demand, it drives usage, yeah. because then say, if, so if if we make a product for risk management or, or we make a product for, you know, clinical trial data analysis, right? We make these modules of the Singularity Studio product, right? And then on the back end, the AI is all calls into agents on the Singularity Net. So then that's driving massive Singularity Net utilization, AGI token utilization, Mm -hmm. And then, then that then that would be like the first yeah. utility token based project to get massive utilization yeah. because not, we're having yeah. all these enterprise software yeah. tools back ended on it. But then, but then that can energize the community on the supply yeah. side, right? Because then people yeah. have a reason yeah. they have a reason to put their AI yeah. into the platform. Why? Because the AI can then be used yeah. by these enterprise software products yeah. that are yeah. back ending on the platform. Yeah. So that, a, that's what. That's what we realized eventually is like we're going to have to like brute force the demand side of the platform because yeah. any platform model, right? You have to get yeah, exactly. supply and the demand yeah. side. Exactly. And yeah. when altcoins were going up so fast, I just sort of figured like, wow, we're going to get a trillion dollar market cap and then we can use our tokens as bounty to incentivize developers and you're driving things on the supply side. Yeah. But I mean, altcoin market is flattened out a bit. It, which I think is a positive. It's, but yeah. it's fine. I mean, it's not a positive for me personally. No, no, no. It might be a positive for the ecosystem. Yeah, but yeah. What it means is we need to juice things up on the demand side instead. So we're creating yeah. this for-profit spin-off, and then we'll get yeah. enterprise software use so to kickstart it. Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. basically going to big companies and saying we're going to do a deal which is partly AI consulting work where we help you figure out how you need to use AI to solve your problems and then part of the re revenue is you're going to buy AI services on this platform yeah. they'll pay fiat currency yeah. and on the back end it's converted into AGI token but then yeah. so by the end of 2019 we should see a lot of AGI token utilization coming from the back end of these enterprise yeah. products yeah. and then yeah. that's going to be something unseen in the altcoin market yeah, so far right because you're getting the utility token yeah. actually being used. And yeah, exactly. I, this is, will be interesting because the altcoin token speculation community won't know what to make no. of that, right? They're, they're very unfamiliar. Like actual <laughs> utilization of a platform is a very unfamiliar thing. I think I think in the subjective yeah. use I mean, of the I write that. a lot about data monetization, particularly in um, IoT. That's yeah. one of my main areas. I mean, how do you see the, I guess, the data being monetized by both the the people, the, the enterprise customers, and also your open source community. Well, that's going to be very different in different verticals, right? So, I mean, in in fintech, you know, people who have their own data, people who have their own proprietary data, aren't going to 
they want to monetize it by using it within their own business model. They will use our AI tools on essentially paying for the AI services and their data remains theirs. And one of the things we're going to do in the Singularity Studio spinoff is enable hybrid cloud usage of Singularity. So you can can have a sub-network on-premise and then you have the public version. You have interoperation between them, right? But but on on the other hand, in, in health tech, there's more interesting possibilities. Like we're we're partnering with Shivam, which is which is a blockchain genomics project. They did they did an ICO in February, and I mean there you have interesting possibilities. Like someone could put their genomic or other medical data online, encrypted, and with their own private key, and then you know they can open up that data for a fee to some research research project. Right? Yeah, yeah. So in, in yeah, so we're talking to Consense, which is another blockchain-based company doing clinical trials, and so there, there you have a more interesting decentralized story, right? So yeah, I think we we want to be open to both those cases. Like, I mean, you know, if, if a big insurance company wants to use our platform for AI underlying, you know, estimating catastrophic risk or something, and they want to keep all the data proprietary on premise but they're still using our platform you know that's utilization of the platform it's money it's good on the other hand of course we're especially interested in applications that leverage the more the decentralized aspect of the platform so we're we're talking to these guys in Africa about estimating basically credit risk for the unbanked so you give a credit score to people who don't have a bank account but I mean they may have paid their phone bill on time they may have had a steady job for a while so that's a machine learning application and there there your data is coming from you know big companies and government agencies in regard to that I mean do you see people uh, maybe I'm not putting it right but sharing the data across the disparate um, verticals like you think of something it could be anything from healthcare to autonomous vehicles to to, to create something bigger certainly what happens I mean one one obvious way that happens is in sort of reputation scoring because yeah. if, if an AI agent or a provider or an average person if you want to assign some like transparent openly defined reputation score for that person where the credit score for the unbanked is one among many examples I mean that spans spans many different walks of life and it should be a multi-dimensional reputation also but, but health is another thing there so I'm very interested in biomarkers of longevity because I, I do research on AI applied to longevity biology. Yeah. So, and that, but that touches insurance, right? Because if you get a bunch of biomarkers of longevity measured, and if you, if your car says that you drive safely, and if your home service robot can can validate that you don't shoot up heroin all day or something, yeah. right? And then, I mean, then perhaps. And you walk your dog every day, so. You, yeah. yeah. Well, then you can get a discount on yeah. on health or life insurance, That's right? It. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, so this should all be data that you own and control. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, yeah. however, yeah. if you could get a discount yeah. from that.
that data, if you may you may well choose to make it available. It's up to you to get that discount. It should be up to yeah. you to get that discount. <laughs> you probably yeah. saw in Seattle, there's a coffee shop now at a university where you can get free coffee if you um, supply your data to yeah, a recruiter. Yeah, so weird one. I did not see that's that. That's kind of clever in a way, because if you're a student graduating, that's strategic. You know. Get you in the system early. Depending what data you're sharing, could be Yeah, Yeah, that you could easily see Some that going in uh, a bad direction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, social credit and stuff like that. I, I had some more technical yeah. questions I wanted to dig Absolutely. into, but I know you had a question around like quality of data before I get into those details. Yeah, I mean, how do you make sure the data you're receiving is um, it's not corrupted or, public or fictitious for that matter? Well, in the end, we can't do that 100%. So we, there's two layers to that. So, I mean, having an AI-driven reputation and rating system is going to be critical mm-hmm. where the the role of the ad there initially is to sort of scan for reputation fraud of various types and then ultimately the AI can do predictive ratings based on machine learning from other ratings but then also I think in doing the product design we're having to distinguish the underlying like purely decentralized protocol and then the marketplace user interface that we're building because to list something on a marketplace user interface that we create, we're vouching for it in some sense and there will be different legal requirements in different jurisdictions yeah. regarding what you can list, yeah. so we need to check yeah. I mean we're still more like Google Play Store than, than Apple App Store or something, like, I mean we, we don't want to curate things very very heavily, but I'm like we can't allow like Joe's child porn app or something on the other hand on the other hand, but the underlying decentralized mm. protocol exactly. and anyone could use and so it's open source That's true. anyone yeah. could put a docker container on their server okay. and they can announce to the world like hey we're here okay. find our like money laundering yeah. API or drug dealing API version 7.6 we're not endorsing that right <laughs> but it is an, it is an yeah. open decentralized protocol so there's, there's the marketplace user interface yeah, yeah, yeah. which we have to curate just for legal reasons exactly. nothing else, then there's the underlying decentralized protocol, which we're making completely free and and open. So this actually led into some of the questions I wanted to ask is, uh, so you spoke about, already a little bit about hybrid cloud, because in your presentation you mentioned cloud-based, which initially to me was a bit of a flag against decentralized, because whilst the skeptic also could ask where are a lot of uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum hosts located, but that's another conversation. Well, but the, yeah, Ethereum is probably run by Xi Jinping at the moment. On AWS, maybe. But anyway, you know, it's just like, so who knows? But um, so you're going for the, the kind of model of um, people can host wherever they want. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, like, there's definitely a balance here between yeah. being philosophical purists yeah. and wanting to win the AI race against big governments and trillion dollar companies. Right? Yeah. And I mean, Linux has had a similar philosophical for sure. Battle, right? You have to be realistic sometimes. And you have yeah. folks like Richard Stallman, yeah, 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 yeah. Pure, really true philosophical yep. purist. Yep. And I, it's great that he exists. He's an yep. awesome human being. Yeah. On the other hand, if everyone was like him, Linux would not have flourished <laughs> to the extent that it had. Right? Exactly. Yeah. We'd still be in like GNU herdland yeah. instead of in a university Linux somewhere. Land, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think I w- we need to have 
todo tipo de mercado. A pure open source protocol that's truly decentralized and no one can own or control. And that should be there. And that may have utility for the human race in all sorts of ways that we don't even know yet, right? Just like Linux has utilities that Linus and Richard didn't ever foresee. But on the other hand, if we really want to, you know, obsolete Google and Facebook and Tencent from the AI market as they obsoleted Wang and IBM yeah. and the mainframe companies. I mean, clearly we need massive utilization mm-hmm. and we need big companies to be utilizing the platform and then we need to do things in a way that and they're try to get them to exchange their information. Yeah, yeah. So that, that you can still have the purely decentralized platform underneath, yeah. right? But then on top of that, you need a sort of bespoke layer that provides enterprise users with with what they want. And you need to support hybrid cloud utilization. Now, I think think things are going, you know, full on cloud. But right now, a pharmaceutical company won't take all their data. Or just just spreading yourself across different providers, even. Um, The thing is, so about that, like our... In our beta platform is going to be on AWS yeah. and a bit of Google Cloud and I mean we're experimenting with Tencent but it's we're using APIs of these big cloud providers for various purposes on the other hand that can't be our long term plan right so, so I mean we're also working on replicating all the API calls we use from these big cloud providers and I mean stuff like OpenStack is really help. We're not using that in the yeah. beta, but we're experimenting with it a yeah. lot. And I mean, so Kubernetes, OpenStack, yeah. all these things. Yeah. The goal with that, not for the beta, but a little bit after, I mean, the goal is anyone who sets up a server farm yeah. can, yeah. you know, put SingularityNet on it. And that could be within a big company's infrastructure or it could be, for example, a crypto miner yeah. who isn't making that much money mining Ethereum or Bitcoin anymore. So, hey, they can run an AI hosting farm. Mine yeah. some health data. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they can get AGI token rewards yeah, yeah, for that, yeah. but they can also just get like yeah, service yeah, fee for, yeah. in essence, yeah. uh, operating these these yeah. a, these AI nodes, and that, that, that's going to be big, also. I think. That's cool. Digging lower down the stack, uh, what blockchain are you using? Or what blockchain? It's Ethereum at the moment. Ethereum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, almost all expensive operations occur off-chain. Yeah, for sure. Which is what everyone's doing. And now, then you're right? using an off-chain protocol or just tradition tradition. Off-chain. It's traditional off chain. It's traditional off. It's our own. Yeah. So okay. I'm, I mean, when a new AI agent comes into the network, that goes in the blockchain. If yeah. one leaves, it goes in the blockchain. If one agent rates another as good or bad or something, then, then that goes in the blockchain. Yeah. And of course, money processing, payment processing stuff is all, all go all is, is recorded in the blockchain. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the other hand, if one AI sends data to another or says, "Hey, will you answer this question?" Yeah, sure. That doesn't have to go in the blockchain. So like. So like as an example, one agent and another can enter into a, a contract for a whole bunch of different API calls over a long period of time. Then that contract is done. Mm. Then all those API calls can happen without bothering the blockchain about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Because that was playing onto my mind about the whole speed issue, of course. If you're trying to get data to Sophia, no, I mean, it's, it's not coming straight we'll from there. Whether we'll stick with Ethereum blockchain for the long haul. 
I have no idea, honestly. We built it, so it's not a big software change. Yeah. Move to a different blockchain yeah. if, if we if we want to. But everyone asks, like, are you going to build your own blockchain? What blockchain are you going to move to next year? But honestly, that's those are not among the harder questions. No, we're no, sure, no. There's a lot of yeah. nastier questions. I yeah. mean, the questions that are more annoying are like, you have someone else's AI agent which has a persistent state. Yeah, and it crashes, but someone is using it. Yeah, then what do you do? Yeah, like, did, did you have uh, yeah. like how yeah. are you storing the persistent state? Yeah. Like, so you because that has many answers because yeah. you want to support an AI agent that just keeps its own persistent state in a in a proprietary way. On the other hand, you also want to make tools that agents could use to save their state. Yeah, and then you provide a service yeah. of like restart from the last saved state. Right. This was a thought. That so there's a lot of stuff like that which is hard. Yeah. Which blockchain to use really isn't hard in the end. This was a thought that came into my mind during our talk, actually. Of like, if you have connected devices, if some go online and offline, about yeah. I mean, it's not a it's not a new problem. Distributed no. systems and state is not a new problem. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So, if you have a computer science background, like my my wife has PhD in computer science, she knew nothing about blockchain or cryptocurrency and just thought it was like but you still understand ma- it. mayhem of yeah. idiots trading things and speculation. <laughs> <laughs> but when I got, when I got it, when I got into it, then yeah. she read a bit about it. She's like, well, so I mean, she knew how cryptography works, yeah. and she knew distributed systems, yeah. and then like if you know those things, yeah, exactly, it's yeah. a very thin layer on top of that. I spent a lot of my time telling people yeah. in the blockchain space that look, a lot of what we're working on is not new. You should go back and learn some of the lessons. No, it's all it's all what you learn in graduate school in computer yeah. science. And yeah. honestly, the consensus algorithms haven't yet caught up with no. distributed systems. Yeah. Of course, having computers that are fast enough to do all this across the internet is yeah, amazing, sure. right? And, and sure. we, we, yeah. never, we yeah. never had that. Yeah. But yeah, there are many more cutting-edge problems in operating this sort of platform than, than, the, than the blockchain. <laughs> I mean, homomorphic encryption is subtle, and I've, I've been working on that a bit, because if you want to have data that can be operated on in a secure way using advanced learning algorithms without leaking that data to people that the owner doesn't want leaked to that's very tricky you, you know the company Numerai right no that's one of the most interesting blockchain companies okay. out there they're really doing something there's what a lot of them but no, no, so what, what, I mean I'm not working with them at all I have no connection what's their so they have a hedge fund so basically you take financial time series and you homomorphically encrypt them in a way that allows someone else to apply a predictive algorithm to that time series and get a Okay. prediction but without knowing what the original time actually, series was actually, I have interviewed either I have interviewed them and I've forgotten or interviewed it's another, Richard, another Richard. company doing something very similar <laughs> well Syndicator does something like that maybe we'll I have see. interviewed them but Numerai has been doing it longer and, I've done and quite a lot well. of interviews recently and a lot of them I have uh, a, a bit behind with so them. like with medical yeah. data yeah. if you want to supply your genomics data to be analyzed but in a way that wouldn't let people identify yeah. it was your genomic data that's a problem like how do you scramble the data in a way that lets the AI do its thing and learn what it needs to learn without revealing the data so we can we can do that now for 
but you, the encryption works differently depending on what AI algorithm you're using. It's actually quite complicated. There's no good way to do homomorphic encryption with deep neural nets now, but we can do it with a logic system because we can do it for like Andor and not operated. Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot of tricky things, and no, no, no one has no gotten yeah, yeah. so there's homomorphic encryption, there's multi-party computation where different bits of the computer can do on different machines, so nobody has the full yeah. story, yeah. and then the answer is is, yeah. is produced, and yeah. no one ever saw enough of the data to, yeah. to do any damage. Which right? in theory would be a wonderful thing you could accomplish with something like Ethereum if it was a little faster. Yeah. Yeah, but it, you can do that all. That's about you can do that all off chain. I know. Right? I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's the yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. could. Yeah. There will be massively faster blockchains. Yeah. I mean, that's... There already are some. Like the, the, well, they claim to be. We'll, we'll see if they... I haven't tested anything yet. Really <laughs> actually available to download yeah. and try, though. Yeah, this is half the problem. They always say, we're very fast. Like, Do you have anything we can try? No. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that, that's... It's a solvable problem. Yeah. In five years, it'll be solved. Yeah. But it's... Yeah. It's, not, it's not easy because, uh, I mean, the, the thing is, distributed systems didn't have to deal with as many adversarial actors doing yeah. as many nasty things, right? Because so, they were usually more close. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. e EOS <laughs> may be fast, but that's basically... Yes, as was revealed in the past it's week. Just, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was obvious from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you read their... I mean, if you read their white paper, it was that we did not make a secret of the House Central... No. No, this really. I think we did read their white paper maybe that was half the problem we didn't really understand what the point was and maybe that was half of the, the problem is the white paper made no real secret of it we were trying to find something that wasn't there <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean the secret is it can be fast by being more centralized yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean it's still it's different than having a company control it because yeah, it is democratic sure. among the yeah. block producers yeah. and they're elected yeah. and so on. Yeah, that's interesting. That's so so, so from, a go from a governance view, it's innovative, but yeah. not necessarily that well thought out still, right? No, it gets so. into uh, gray areas here where we start to talk about the centralization of decentralization. <laughs> well, but that the world is it inevitably will be a bit like that, right? Yeah, like, sure. I mean... Like Linux is yeah, central. Yeah, sure. I mean, the yeah. kernel team is yeah. is like yeah, an oligarchy, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, but it, yet, the fact that it's open means if the kernel team became incompetent, another kernel team could yeah. pop up, right? Yeah, Just exactly. like if if fork. Ethereum becomes incompetent, yeah. you can hard fork, right? Yeah. And that, I mean that. Yeah. You yeah. can't to hard fork like a country is a lot harder. Right? You have to start it's shooting happened. people. <laughs> it certainly happened. That's for sure. It's violent. But yeah. That actually. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a, a anyway. We're, we're getting off onto a tangent, but this is something yeah. I have thought about a lot in the past. I like. Do you have any uh, final questions, maybe? Um, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I know you've been working in the digital citizenship space um, in Malta. Why? Why Malta? What? What? Because they're interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why did why is Sophia citizen of Saudi Arabia? Because the Saudi government said, "Hey, let's do this." Because they offered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, Malta. The the leader of Malta is interested to 
like have his government ministers work with us on defining an AI citizenship yeah. test. Yeah. And I mean, Donald Trump hasn't approached me about it. You know? <laughs> I would have expected maybe Estonia because they're pretty yeah. progressive in this. Maybe country. they will now. I yeah. mean, it, yeah. it should be. They're the one I would have thought of first. Be a European citizen. That is the problem. That's going to oh, yeah. be the challenge. Oh, no, right? there is European. So no, yeah. that's, yeah, that's yeah. going to be the problem. Yeah. Like getting citizenship proposal through the EU bureaucracy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting to me, yeah. and I think it's actually it's an interesting AI challenge to like read a legal code yeah. and then figure out how to apply it to a, like a video or something. Like, what is yeah. what does the law say about the scene you just watched? Yeah, I mean that, that's, that's yeah. an interesting AI puzzle, and in a way, it's a problem AI should learn to solve. Just to go around in the world autonomously, they need actually, to know if they're breaking the law. There was a talk um, from people from the BBC where they had a, a, a block of time where they let an AI schedule um, the channel based on um, their archive, and the BBC has a lot of archive. And it was quite fascinating because the it would tend to draw patterns that humans would not draw yeah. and end up being somewhat in our eyes random because like why would we watch that show followed by that show but the AI had seen like a taxi so decided yeah. that something else with a taxi made <laughs> taxi. sense <laughs> and, but it was quite fascinating to watch it because what they just saw in the patterns is not something we would see in the patterns yeah. and so that may not be why you were watching the show no of course not <laughs> <laughs> no, there was, I can't remember which, um, which which country it was but I saw yesterday there was someone doing um, for border control, border crossing, um, bringing out a, a um, lie detector test based on um, a computerized lie detector test where it would monitor people's, um, you know, obviously the facial recognition, but also um, their tone of voice, different different metrics. And those must work very badly. <laughs> Terrifying. <though. Yeah. laughs> could, what could go wrong? I Gosh. mean, in China now, like in, yeah, Shen- yeah, yeah. in yeah. Shenzhen, not, not just that, but yeah. you, when you walk across the street in Shenzhen, yeah. you see, on a, you can see in, in a big screen, your face on the screen with a little bounding box around Oh, yeah. and like they saw you were jaywalking and they'll put that in the database and on that note let's <laughs> <laughs> but we're not we're not doing that no, no we know I mean our, our, our goal is to use AI for, good. for so nice compassionate friendly beneficial applications and that was our interview with Ben Gertzel of uh, Hanson Robotics and Singularity Net if you have enjoyed the show please find previous shows and show notes at gregariousbamble.com slash podcast support the show with merchandise and great t-shirts or donations at gregariousmammal.com slash support. Wherever you listen to this show, we are now available in at least half a dozen networks. Please rate, share, comment, review, and just generally share the love. And until next time, whenever that may be, thank you very much for listening.